When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. What am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to Story Story Podcast. I am your host, Simon Brooks, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and bring you back safely. Mo and I had gone out early this morning, and sadly we didn't have any adventures. It was supposed to rain later, and although the sun was coming out now, it was supposed to be grey and miserable. In the woods we saw less snow on the ground, most of the ice has gone from the streams and brooks, a few trees were beginning to bud, and we could hear robins, blue jays and crows and ravens singing, chattering, cawing and rocking. The blue jays were not the only ones chattering. Squirrels shouted at us as we made our way beneath the bare boughs and chipmunks chided us for daring to walk through their woods. It was nice. At the Cascades, the water was roaring and it smelled so fresh, so clean that I wanted to dive in and drink it, bathe in it. However, I knew that there was a beaver dam upstream so I couldn't drink it and the water was melt water. So if I were to dive in, I would get hypothermia. So I did neither and just enjoyed watching its clean freshness. We both sat there, my dog and I, just listening to the sound of water and the surrounding woodland noises until Mo nudged me with her black nose. Once home, I spent the rest of the day glued to the computer working. At day's end, I wanted to get outside again for some fresh air. But it was getting cold and it was so grey and miserable I wasn't going to go for another walk. So instead, I made a cup of tea and went and sat on the porch. We don't have a really fancy porch with a swing railings around it. It's small and more like a covered deck. I had my mug in my hand and slid down back against the house, pulled up my knees and watched the birds fly about. I saw my first cardinals of the season, a male and a female, dancing through the air together, calling out, be my friend, be my friend. And then the robins began to appear. I love their songs. They seem to greet the day and then sing it out. And then... I saw this huge robin. It was the size of a raven, a good-sized raven, and it came hopping towards me. It was singing, chirping, whistling as it made its way, sideways, always with one eye looking right at me. I whispered out loud to myself, what a beautiful song. The bird cocked its head and looked at me and began a different tune. It seemed to be whistling in three-four time. I looked at it, my own head tilting now, listening hard. I swear it was whistling some tune I knew. Have you ever seen that TV show Bridgerton? The musical soundtrack is made up of contemporary pop songs such as Material Girl by Madonna or Diamonds by Rihanna but performed by a string quartet or some such. Listening to the robin was like that, hearing something that you could recognise, but not in a way that was easily thought of. Then I heard it. I figured it out. It was a song my daughter loved by, I think, Pink. What was it called? What About Us? The robin was whistling, What About Us? 
I have to admit my mouth fell open at this realisation, and the robin stopped singing. It hopped about in a circle and looked at me with its other eye, and said, Got any requests? Noah Baum is an Israeli storyteller who works towards peace. Her work has garnered her awards as she travels telling her story and a diverse range of folk and fairy tales. Today, she is going to tell the story of the treasure under the bridge. town called Tarnow in Poland. That's the town my grandmother grew up in. In Tarnow there lived a very poor man. This poor man was called Isaac Benyekel. He worked hard trying to earn a living to support his wife and his five children. And one night he had a strange and wonderful dream. In his dream he saw that a treasure was buried right beneath the pillar of the bridge in Warsaw, the capital city. Oh, his dream was so real he could see the exact same place where the treasure was buried, and he woke up with a start. Ah, but the roof was still leaking. He was still in Tarnow. It was just a dream. But the following night, he had the same dream again. Once again, he saw the great bridge in Warsaw and the pillar and the place right beneath it where the treasure was buried. It was so real that when he woke up, he told his wife about it. She was peeling potatoes at the kitchen table. She said, no. So, you had a dream. Huh. Yeah, he said, <laughs> just a dream. But all that day, he couldn't help thinking about all the things that he could do if only he had that treasure. Why, he would buy shoes for the children so they wouldn't have to be barefoot in winter. He, he would buy a winter coat for his wife. He would fix the roof. He would even have enough to put in the poor box in the synagogue. That night, he had that dream again. And once again, it was so real that when he woke up, he said to his wife, I think I should go to Warsaw to find that treasure. She said, you want to go to Warsaw? Because you had a dream. But, but, but not just a dream, he said. Three nights in a row, it's not normal. And to go to Warsaw when you can't feed your children, that's normal. <laughs> he said, I'll walk. And he set out that day in spite of her protests. And he walked for five long days, sleeping at the sides of the roads. And on the sixth day, he arrived in Warsaw and he came to the place of the bridge. And there he stood frozen for the bridge. It was filled with people. And there were carts and wagons and horses going back and forth. And this wasn't in his dream. To make matters worse, right near those pillars where the treasure was supposed to be buried, there was a soldier standing on guard. Isaac didn't know what to do. He started pacing that bridge back and forth, hoping that maybe when the sun sets, the soldier will go home, the people will go away. Meanwhile, the soldier noticed this man with clothes of a beggar 
walking the bridge back and forth and back and forth. Now that was suspicious. He came right up to him and he said, Hey you, what do you want here? And Isaac, he looked up at that soldier. He knew that his one and only chance to stay alive was to tell the truth. And right then and there he decided he would just tell him the whole story and offer to share the treasure half and half. And so he told him the whole story. And when he did, to his great surprise, the soldier flung his head back and laughed. <laughs> you mean to tell me that you came all the way to Warsaw because you had a dream? <laughs> oh, you foolish man, don't you know that everybody dreams? Why, what would happen if everyone just went after their dreams? I myself had a dream the other night. Why, I dreamed that there was a treasure behind the stove in the house of some Yekel, Isaac, or something or rather, in the town called Tarnov. Now, do you see me leaving my good post here at the bridge to go to the other end of Poland for some dream? Go home, my friend. It was just a dream. Isaac went home. He went home as fast as he possibly could. And when he got there, he went straight to that big black stove and pulled it from the wall. And there behind it was a pot full of gold coins. And to his astonished wife, he said, Do you see? A man can have a treasure in his own home, but unless he goes looking for it in Warsaw, he'll never know that it's there. Tree removal services for your dead and dying trees. Have a tree you love that's sick, dying or dead? Then call the Ent Tree Removal Service. Ents will care for or carefully remove trees that mean a lot to you. They will be looked after and, if possible, returned healthy to their rightful place in your garden, farm or woodland area. Those trees that cannot be saved or have already passed on will be given special attention in disposal. They will not be turned into chippings, but works of art will be created from their lumber and donated to charities of your choice or available to you as a loving memory. Call Ents for Trees now. Did you know that all patrons of the podcast have special fairy tale talents? You too could get a special fairy tale talent like levitating or being able to put people asleep. If you want a unique fairy tale ability, then become a patron for as little as $4 a month and you'll be a patron of the arts. And what do you get for as little as $4 a month? Some sweet perks and rewards. Your generous support allows this podcast to reach bigger audiences and grow. A big thank you to all the patrons who do make this podcast possible. 
To join the Story supporters, go to storystorypodcast.com for more information. And if you want to hear about us make up fairy tale facts about you, receive postcards and get a thank you on an episode, then become a supporter now. And it's only the cost of an artisan coffee. When the Robins said, got any requests, I was totally flummoxed. By bird on a wire? Oh, funny. The Robin was not impressed. How about, I don't know, don't say the Beatles, Blackbird? The large Robin looked at me in a threatening manner. Nor Marley's Three Little Birds, or Birdhouse in your soul. Or what's that one by the Beach Boys? Bluebirds over the mountain, or Rockin' Robin. All right? Okay, okay. How about, do you know the devil's backbone? I do, it said. Not much fun to sing, though. How about the sick bed of Colcullen? Now we're talking. The bird stood taller, ruffled its feathers and began. I couldn't believe it. From the slow, melodious beginning to the fast, intricate parts, the robin sang them all. Shane McGowan would have been proud. When the robin finished the song, it looked at me and cocked its head. That was amazing. How can you speak and you know all those songs? Yes, I do. I hang around outside people's homes and listen to what they play on the radio or whatever and practice. There was an awkward pause. Well, that's really cool, I said. No, do you work for free? Oh, no, not often and only for select charities. Wait here. I ran inside the house and found a bag of bird seed we have. I grabbed a container, filling it with seed and added some raisins. Before I could scatter it onto the front lawn, the oversized robin leapt at me with its wings wide. Don't throw all that at them! The robin indicated to the other birds. They're happy with worms and seeds from the ground. Just place it there. It indicated a place on the grass with its wing. Not too far from me, but far from the other birds. It ate up a lot of what I gave the robin, which in truth was probably enough for two dozen birds. When it had its fill, it looked like its belly was about to pop. The front feathers stuck out like it was a punk rocker bird with spiky feathers. It burbled a thank you, nodded at me, and staggered off, waving its wings. It eventually got off the ground and flew like an albatross or a turkey buzzard, wobbling through the sky to land on a distant branch. The branch bent down and the robin had to flap its wings to stay balanced. No wonder the bird was so big. It was singing for its supper. Although I have to say, it made the dull grey afternoon all the brighter for it. I haven't seen the bird since. I think it must be itinerant and travel around, roaming from town to town so it's not caught and made into a circus sideshow. But what a story and what a song. Now I can't hear Pink without thinking of that robin, sitting not ten feet away, whistling pop tunes. Ed Stivender is one of many storytellers I have sat down with for my podcast Conversations with Storytellers. He is a funny guy, and he lost his Philadelphia accent a long time ago. Settle in for this telling of Jack and the Robbers. When I first came to the uh, National Storytelling Festival, I had uh, five stories. Now I have six. (laughs) And here's one of them. One of the five. It's sort of my signature story. I don't know if you've ever seen my signature, but uh, anyway, this is the story. 
Hey, my name's Jack, and I'd like to tell you a story about one time when I went out to seek my fortune. I said to my mama, Mama, I'm going out to seek my fortune. She said to me, You be careful, Jack. You don't talk to no strangers, and you take good care of yourself. I said, Don't worry about me, Mama. I'll be all right. So I started down the road to seek my fortune. Well, I got down that road about a mile or so, when all of a sudden I heard a terrible mournful sound. It went like this. Turned around the corner, and there, sure enough, standing by the side of the road, with his head hung low and his big gray eyes feeling sorry for himself, was an old mule. I said, howdy, Mr. Mule. What seems to be the problem with you this morning? Mr. Mule looked up at me with his sad gray eyes and went, oh, Jack, my master says I'm too old to be of any use to him. So tomorrow, he's going to take me to the glue factory and have me be made into glue. I said, Mr. Mule, we can't let that happen to you. I've got a great idea. I'm going out to seek my fortune. And if you have a mind, you can come too. Old Mr. Mule perked up his eyes, perked up his ears, and he came along with me. So now there were two of us walking down that road to seek our fortune. With me in the front, followed by... We got down that road about a mile or so, and all of a sudden I heard a terrible mournful sound. It went like this. Turned around the corner, and there, sure enough, sitting by the side of the road, with his head hung low and his big brown eyes feeling sorry for himself, was an old dog. I said, howdy, Mr. Dog. What seems to be the problem with you this morning? Mr. Dog looked up at me with his sad brown eyes and said, Ooh, Jack, my master says I'm too old to be of any use to him. So tomorrow, he's going to take me to the Humane Society. There ain't nothing humane about that. <laughs> but Mr. Dog, we can't let that happen to you. I've got a great idea. Going out to seek my fortune. Mr. Mule's gone with me, and if you have a mind, you can come too. Well, old Mr. Dog perked up his eyes, perked up his ears, and he came along with us. So now there were three of us walking down that road to seek our fortune. With me in the front, followed by... Followed by... We got down that road about a mile or so, and all of a sudden we heard another mournful sound. We're like this. Meow. Meow. Looked up in the tree, and there was old Ms. Cat looking down at me. Said, howdy, Ms. Cat. Seems to be the problem with you this morning. Ms. Cat looked down at me with her sad green eyes and said, Oh, Jack, my master says I'm too old to be of any use to him. So tomorrow, he's going to put me in a burlap bag with some stones in it and drop me to the bottom of the Nolichucky River. Meow. Said, Ms. Cat, we can't let that happen to you. I got a great idea. Going out to seek my fortune. Mr. Mule's going with me. Mr. Dog's going with me. And if you have a mind, you can come too. Well, old Ms. Cat perked up her eyes, perked up her ears, jumped out of her tree. She came along with us. So now there were four of us walking down that road to seek our fortune. With me in the front, followed by... Followed by... Followed by... We got down that road. All of a sudden, we heard another mournful sound. Went like this. Turned around the corner, and there, sure enough, standing on a fence post by the side of the road, with his big beady eyes feeling sorry for himself, was an old rooster. I said, howdy, Mr. Rooster. What seems to be the problem with you this morning? Mr. Rooster looked up at me with his sad, beady eyes and said, Bob, fucking Jack, my master says I'm too old to be of any use to him, so tomorrow he's going to have a rooster stew for dinner, and I think I'm going to be the guest of honor. Said, Mr. Rooster, we can't let that happen to you. I've got a great idea. Going out to seek my fortune. Mr. Mule's going with me. Mr. Dog's going with me. Miss Cat's going with me. And if you have mind, you can come too. Old Mr. Rooster perked up his eyes, perked up his ears, his teeny little ears, and he came along with us. <laughs> so, now there were five of us walking down that road to seek our fortune. With me in the front, followed by... Followed by... Followed by... Followed by... 
Followed by cockadoodle yahoo, cockadoodle yahoo. We got down that road about a mile or so, and all of a sudden everything started getting real dark. The moss was hanging off the trees into our faces. The path was getting smaller and smaller. I figured we were goners when all of a sudden came upon an old ramshackly house by the side of the forest. Sneak up on that house, looked in the window. There we saw on the kitchen table a pile of gold coins piled all the way to the ceiling. I said to my friends, friends, this must be the house of some robbers who have gone back downtown to get some more loot. Let's go inside and see how much money they got. So we sneaked around to the front door, opened it. Sneaked inside, started counting up on the money. Well, we had that money about half counted when all of a sudden we heard another mournful sound. It went like this. Har, 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 har. We are the robbers. We're very, very mean. We're the meanest robbers that you've ever seen. When we find someone that we don't like, we kick them in the stomach and we steal their bike. I looked out the window, and they were coming up the path with ten of the meanest, ugliest-looking robbers I'd ever seen in my life. The shortest one of them was eight foot eight. The tallest one was thirteen foot three and a quarter inches. He was so mean and ugly, his face looked like hamburger. I said to my friends, friends, were in big trouble. Ms. Cat, would you hide in the fireplace? She did. Mr. Dog, would you hide in the cupboard? And he did. Mr. Mule, would you stand by the front door? And he did. Mr. Roosevelt, would hide the chimney? And he did. I stood back in a dark corner to see what would happen. And the meanest, ugliest-looking robber of them all came up to the front door, slammed it open, walked inside. It was too dark for him to see anything, and he walked over to the fireplace to blow on the old embers to get some light. And he blew <gasps> right into Ms. Cat's face. Well, Ms. Cat opened her eyes. You know how cat's eyes glow in the dark sometimes? He figured it was the glowing embers, and he blew twice as hard right into her face. <gasps> well, she couldn't take it any longer. She took out her claws and went for his eyes. Whoa! Just then, Mr. Dog comes out of the cupboard, starts chawing on his leg. Well, he goes for the front door, just as Mr. Mule gets him right in the woo, and down the path he goes. Mr. Rooster says, cock-a-doodle, woo, cock-a-doodle, woo. That old robber took up on down the road, got his nine friends. They kept running and running and running. We ain't seen hiding her hair of them since. Me and my four friends walked back inside that place, divided the money by five, took my share home to my mama, had a real good Christmas that year. My four friends, they decided to stay on that old place, made a real nice farm for themselves, too, with carrots and corn and potatoes. As a matter of fact, if you ever get up real early in the morning and listen real close, you might be able to hear my rooster friend saying, Cock-a-doodle, yahoo! Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. I hope you enjoyed Ed and Noah. Show the love. Find their work online and tell them you heard them on this podcast. Find opportunities to connect with the magic of live storytelling, whether it's in person or virtual. There are wonderful tellers out there. Go and find your favourite storytellers from Story Story Podcast and discover what they can bring to your home. Do you know you can connect with the podcast and see the fairy tale sponsor ads on Facebook or Instagram at Story Story Podcast? Or you can connect with me, Simon M. Brooks, on Instagram, also check out In the Woods with Mo, and on Facebook on my website at Simon Brooks Storyteller. Diamond Scree? Yep, that's me. And please do let us know the favourite story you have heard or favourite stories of your childhood. Who knows, maybe you'll hear them here soon. The inspiration for the fairy tale sponsor came from me. The inspiration for the true fairy tale came from something else Gwenda Ledbetter wrote to me. She saw a giant robin. 
The music is by Poddington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or write a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You'll hear more stories next week, but until then, live happily ever after. Mary-Kate opened up the door and there on the doorstep wrapped in his own blanket was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court. Or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts. What I said there was or writing a review on Apple Podcasts. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm.